0: God, what a promise that we can stand on. That no matter where we are, no matter our situations, that your love is there for us. That your love stretches all over our community, all over our world, and that you have invited us to be a part of sharing that love, to connect people to the story of. Of Jesus Christ, so that we may have life and have life abundantly. So, God, as we reach this time together, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. I love movie quotes. I, I love uh, somewhere in, in conversations just letting either movie quotes or or television quotes just come out as a part of a conversation, partly to see if people get it, but also to see if, if there's like a two-part thing. Tracy and I, we do this all the time and we just laugh when we know that that we've connected on a certain uh, phrase, but we're seeking to finish out the phrase. so. Because we're looking at this last part of 1 Corinthians 13, I have a, a quiz for you. Now, it probably made it a little bit easier because I added a picture of the movie. But I want you to see if you can identify the movie from the quote. Let's look at the first one. It's got to give it away. Death cannot stop true love. All it can do is delay it for a while. What movie is that from? Princess Bride. Princess Bride. Okay. Princess Best movie ever. Eh, it's pretty good. Okay, let's do, let's do the second one. I love you. You complete me. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Okay. Next, the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love and be loved in return. Moulin Rouge. Very good. And then the last one, I think it's the last one, yes. Make of our hands one hand. Make of our hearts one heart. Make of our vows one last vow. Only death will part us now. West side story. Story. You know, we love to talk about love, don't we? We love to share this word. I actually had a friend who, uh, before he knew that I was preaching on this particular passage, he says, you know what, sometimes pastors just take the easy way out and they preach on the love chapter. <laughs> and then he saw the bulletin and he went, whoops, and said, No, that's fine. That's fine. I totally understand. But we 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 normally see this passage when we go to a wedding, don't we? We have a bride, and a groom standing up at the altar, making all googly eyes at each other, ignoring everything else that 's going on around them. They read this passage and, and it works perfectly it 's a great passage for a husband and a wife to hear, to remind them what love is all about but that 's not what paul that 's not why Paul wrote this particular passage. He wrote this passage for the Corinthian community, so that they could see, so that they could understand what it meant to live in love in community. We're familiar with the words. uh, uh, Charlie didn't get all the way there, but, you know, the love is kind. Love is patient. Love isn't jealous. It doesn't brag. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. And it goes all the way through these, and it says at the very end of that particular section, that love never fails. Those, those words just warm my heart, and I, I feel the power of God through those words to, to let us and to remind us that no matter what, God's love will never fail us. This morning, we're going to take a look at the end of this love poem from of First Corinthians 13 verses 11 through 13. and I think it gives us an idea of how, as a community, we can make ourselves fully available to the love that God has for us, so that we can share that love with others. So I invite you to listen to these words. follow along with your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 13, 11 through 13, or you can follow along with the words on the screen. When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child, and think like a child. But now that I have become a man, I've put an end to childish things. Now we see a reflection in a mirror, then we will see face to face. Now I know partially, but then I will know completely in the same way that I have been completely known now faith hope and love remain these three things and the greatest of these is love the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god for me verse 13 is is the culmination of course, of of this passage. It's what we want to to live up to. It's those those words that, that we hold on to. But before we get to those three words about faith, hope, and love, let's take a look at the beginning of this passage. Paul starts us out by saying, When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, reason like a child, and think like a child. But now that I have become a man, I have put aside childish things. First and foremost, we must remember that as followers of Christ, Brennan Manning, who is one of my favorite authors, he used to say that, that God takes us as we are and not as we should be, because none of us are as we should be. See, God takes us how we are, but God loves us so much that he doesn't want to leave us there. God calls us to grow in our faith, and I think that's why Paul is using this analogy of children, of how we are to help our children grow in the way that they should go. The verse that I mentioned earlier from Proverbs, that we are to train up children in the way that they are to go. See, it's through the power of God that enables us to live and it enables us to see the path that is before us. Gives us the opportunity to grow and to change and to to be more mature in our faith. Yesterday, Tracy and I, we uh, went down to Waco to visit uh, her sister and brother-in-law and our two nephews, uh, Ethan and Miles. And it was it was so funny. We were sitting around the table eating ice cream at the zoo, and and Ethan just starts talking, and and Tracy says, "Ethan, so re- really?" And Ethan looks at him. "I'm not talking to you, Aunt Tracy." <laughs> and 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 Jamie and Jason just, "What are you doing? You don't talk to people that way." And Ethan says, it starts to get a little droopy in his face, and. And they did such an amazing job of talking to Ethan and say, okay, we know that you weren't talking to Aunt Tracy, that you were talking to Uncle Chris, but if something like that happens again, you say, excuse me, Aunt Tracy, I'm talking to Uncle Chris. But I'm not talking to you. You see, that's a part of training children, of, of helping them grow, of helping them to see how to move into that maturity. That is how it is in our faith life, too. When we we, we accept Christ in our life, sometimes we may say things or we may act in ways that aren't Christ-like or aren't as mature believers. When we allow our words to cut, when our words are profane, when we dishonor others in any way, the love that we say we share becomes a lot harder to see. See, that is why it's important that we help each other grow in that perfect love of God and that perfect love of neighbor, so we can reach that maturity. Had annual conference this last week and. Uh, Part of that uh, clergy session, the people who are coming up for ordination or commissioning, they answer these questions. And one of these questions that all United Methodist clergy answer is, are you moving on towards perfection? And and that gets usually a chuckle here or there whenever the ordinands say yes. Because we know we're not perfect. And we're not talking about becoming just absolutely right in every single thing that we do, but when we talk about moving on towards perfection, it's talking about growing in maturity in Christ so that we can love our neighbors as we love ourselves, so we can be the hands and feet of Christ and be mature in the way that we walk so that our example is an example that others would like to follow. Moving on, Paul has a second analogy in this passage. Paul says, Now we see a reflection in a mirror. Then we will see face to face. Now I know partially, but then I will know completely in the same way that I have been completely known. Now when we got up this morning maybe when you went into your bathroom or when you went into a bathroom, you saw this nice glass mirror that gave you a true reflection of who you are. Maybe that was good and maybe that was bad. It just depends on the morning. (laughs) But that type of mirror did not come around until 1835 in Germany. That's when I uh, forgot to write down the guy's name, but some German-sounding name guy uh, put together the, the chemical process to, to make glass and to make uh, the, the, the reflection possible. See, back in Paul's day, in order to see yourself in a mirror, if you will, was to take a, a piece of metal, and really shine up that metal well so you can just see if you were to take a pot or pan at home that was very clean and you looked, you really couldn't see that well of a reflection. You may see an outline, you may see, maybe in your case, a hair out of place or two. In my case, absolutely not. (laughs) But you, you would be able to see just these little things that you can point out about who you are. That's what Paul is talking about to his people. He's saying that as you are right now, you have an idea. You may have a a small reflection of who God is in your life, but there will become a day. there will become a time where you will see God face to face, and you'll have that power in you so you can feel God's love in you. That's one of the reasons why I love mission trips. It's why I love camp, because I think that gives us close to what that feeling. Because sometimes when you go to camp, it gets to that last night where you have the, the final worship service, and maybe the altar call, and all the kids are sitting there boo-hooing, and they're crying because they feel God's presence in their lives. They are they're absolutely feeling God's presence in their lives, but it's not that full power. That is just a reflection of what God is and who God is for them. <clears throat> Paul is re- referencing back to a conversation between Miriam and Aaron in the book of Numbers. Miriam and Aaron were upset because Moses had all of these face-to-face moments with God. And they were thinking that they should be as held in high esteem as Moses, especially since Moses went off and married this foreign woman. And Miriam and Aaron were true Israelites. So they were grumbling and they were complaining. But then God talks to them and says these words in Numbers 12, 6-8, Listen to my words. If there is a prophet of the Lord among you, I make myself known to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams, but not with my servant Moses. He has provided, he has proved to be reliable with all my household. I speak to him face to face, visibly, not in riddles. He sees the Lord's form. See, Moses had this relationship with God that we are all envious of. Imagine to be able to be face to face with the living God, to hear his words. But Paul reminds us that maybe now we don't have that, but one day we will. And then Paul concludes with verse 13, talking about faith, hope. And love. And the greatest of these is love. See, faith determines our actions. Faith is important because it affects the decisions we make. When we say that we have faith, we try to live our lives in line with that faith. Faith must be practiced, faith gives us a story to tell. You know, throughout all of scriptures, that's what we have. We have all of these stories that talk about God's love and mercy. And then we are to take those stories and make them ours so that we can share how God is working and moving in our lives, making God's love and grace powerful and real today for our community. But when all is said and done, and when we see God face-to-face. Face. There won't be any need for faith. Faith will go away because we will have that relationship with our loving Savior face-to-face. Face. Then Paul talks about hope. See, hope, what that does, it lifts our eyes. When we have those moments of darkness, when we have those moments of despair, it's that hope that, that pulls us through knowing that God is there for us. It is that hope that, that drives us, that, that makes us see his love. But when all is said and done, that hope will be gone. Not because we have lost all hope, but when we are in God's presence, we'll feel that love and power. That's why Paul talks about the greatest of these is Love love is something that will continue on even after we're in God's presence. That love will continue to be there and that love will continue to move us through all of eternity. I know, sometimes it's hard to see. Sometimes it's hard to understand. But thanks be to God that our faith and that our hope can build up our love so that we can be one with Christ and one with another. Would you please pray with me? Dear God, we know the words. We are thankful for faith, hope, and love. But God, we are thankful for the power of that love not just a love that we uh, casually share with one another, but it's a deep, connecting love with you that builds us up, that strengthens us, that, that helps us get through those dark and difficult times of life. So, God, we ask that as we leave this place, that you allow your love to flow through us so that when people come in contact with your people of this congregation, they ask about that love and how they can receive that love and help us to be open to share that invitation to all. And we pray this in the name of the one who loved us first, Jesus our Lord. Amen.